and welcome. This is Adaptivist Live, the Atlassian Ecosystem Podcast. If you're listening now, you've obviously know how to find the podcast, but maybe we can make it easier for you. So uh, find us on, you know, SoundCloud, the iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, BeyondPod, and anywhere that quality podcasts can be found, really. Also, make sure you visit adaptivist.com slash live. And if you want to let us know what you think, because we want to know, email us at learn at adaptivist.com or go to adaptivist.com slash live slash survey. Our podcast today is delightfully titled Mistakes Were Made, and we are joined by a very special guest, the author of the JIRA Admin Strategy Workbook, Rachel Wright. Hi, Rachel. Hi, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. And you know, a discussion about mistakes wouldn't be complete without Matthew Stubblefield. And top of the morning to you, Ryan. Uh, Good morning. Thank you both so much for being here. We're going to talk about mistakes that we made when uh, we began running JIRA systems. But first, let's start with the Thunderbolt round. We'll get to JIRA, but let's talk about another process-intensive exercise first. Cooking, my favorite. So we're going to take just a moment, just a minute or so apiece, and discuss the worst cooking mistake we ever made. So I'm going to go first. And my cooking disaster um, haunts me to this day, actually. It's it's the chickpea casserole. I do most of the cooking in the house, and um, I, I'm not I, – I don't want to brag, but I'm pretty good. I'm a good cook. Uh, so I, I'm scouring recipes, looking for things that are healthy and easy to make, et cetera, et cetera. And I find this chickpea casserole, and it looks interesting enough – to where I want to make it. So I do. And it was terrible. It was so bad. I just misread how it was going to come out. And it just mealy and terrible. And, and the kids hated it. And they still, even when I make like a, you know, a nice dinner, like, you know, polenta with Italian sausage and peppers and onions and the whole fresh baked bread, they'll still bring up chickpea casserole. Perhaps you accidentally used split peas instead of chickpeas. Oh. <laughs> no, no, they were chickpeas. So, Rachel, what about you? Well, I'll tell you, every cooking attempt I make is a disaster. Uh, I try not to do it often. Nobody wants me to do it. I'm not the cook in my family, in my house. <laughs> uh, I've done a lot of silly things, um, particularly lighting things on fire. Um, I've lit a kitchen towel on fire by mistake. I've lit a paper towel on fire by mistake. Uh, and I almost ruined a microwave once uh, by taking microwave popcorn to the edge of obliteration. Uh, and if you've ever done this, um, hopefully you haven't, but you can use nail polish remover to get that icky yellow outside of your microwave. What, are the, what is it called? Carbon scoring? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Matthew, what about you? It wasn't really a disaster at the time, but looking back, I cringe quite a bit at this. So it was one of the first dates that my wife and I had, and being a poor college student, we just went to my apartment, and I cooked dinner. And I thought, I'm going to make this really fancy dinner. I love Italian food. And so like, I made tortellini stuffed with cheese and, and fettuccine alfredo with broccoli and chicken in. And you know, you know I'm pulling out all the stops when I'm buying chicken in college. <laughs> uh, and I think I even made like some fancy macaroni and cheese because she talked about how her family growing up, they'd already always had this. So I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll pull out the stops. That's rich. Alfredo so, and mac and cheese. Yeah, all the cheeses, all the pastas, pasta in different shapes and sizes. It was, it was wonderful. And, you know, I lit candles and we had a great night. But, you know, we've been together for 11 years now. 
And around three or four years into our relationship, uh, she learned that some of the health struggles she was having were coming from being gluten and lactose intolerant. <laughs> Which means that looking back on our first fancy date in Valentine's Day 2006, I crafted a meal that was effectively made of poison. That so, is. <laughs> good game, me. That is great. <laughs> when, you, when you look at it in retrospect, that hindsight gets you. And, you know, we've got to learn those lessons the hard way, but wisdom comes from experience. I'm never going to make the chickpea casserole again. I removed it from my recipe collection. I won't make it either now. Rachel's, Rachel's kept out of the kitchen entirely. Are you allowed to make tea or coffee? I can make mac and cheese and omelets. That's about it. Hey, hey, the, hey, friend, the French would respect that. <laughs> That's all you need. That's all you need. So let's, let's talk a little bit about the experience that you want to share to help people become a bit more wise when it comes to administering JIRA without having to make those super hard mistakes. So I've got years of stories of silly things that I've done and silly things that I've seen other companies do. Um, but let's just start out with something very basic and easy. Uh, I'd like to tell you about the time uh, when I became a JIRA administrator. No, um, go on. That was a fun day. <laughs> <laughs> so I had no admin experience, no training, no certification, no nothing. I was simply an end user and I was excited about JIRA and somebody noticed and said, hey, let's give this girl admin access. <laughs> so, off I went. <laughs> just like that. Just like that. I didn't know what schemes were, but I said, hey, let's build a new project. Why not? We can use another project. How hard could it be, right? Um, but unfortunately, I followed a model from an existing project. And months later, I realized that the project I had chosen was just all wrong. Um, I had copied the mistakes of others, and I just added to the overall mess. So that's an unfortunate way to start your administrative duties off, right? Yeah, that's definitely not your, 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 not a great first step, but you have to jump in somewhere. If you don't get sure. your feet dirty, you're never going to, you're never going to learn. So we've, but we've all learning got, in your company's production environment is probably not the best place to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you take hold? How did you, um, how did you turn the boat around? Well, also another mistake I made uh, when I was given administrative access, I didn't insist that we create a test environment. Uh, it just didn't occur to me. Uh, but I, you know, I should have set up a local server instance or even a cloud-free trial so I could experiment in there. Uh, I should have taken sample production data and configurations so I could see how my changes were going to work with those real-life scenarios. I think those origin stories are always fascinating. Uh, and can really highlight a lot of uh, ways that other people can make their origin stories perhaps uh, a bit, uh, maybe, maybe a bit smoother. Uh, <laughs> mine was kind of similar. I, uh, I was working in a help desk and we needed a new system to track, you know, the, the work that we were doing, track tickets and customer support and whatnot. So this was uh, back in 2007 and I decided to put in JIRA, but I, I had no experience whatsoever. Uh, not just with JIRA because we didn't have, and this was like version two at the time, uh, but I was desktop support. I was, at the time, getting a bachelor's degree in religious studies. I had never run a server before, uh, other than this dinky little web server running uh, Mandriva Linux in my, in my living room. Uh, into my just a little thing. <laughs> just a little thing. Just a little, so just some learning. Uh, it went down constantly. And now I'm going to run this for a large state university. Uh, and so I had to learn 
the Ubuntu operating system, and I had to learn how to use XM for sending mail notifications. I had to learn how to do backups. I had never done a backup before, which was the other problem with my homegrown web server that went down all the time. Uh, I didn't know anything about Apache. I didn't know any of this stuff, and there was no certification back then. There was not really any training or tools. Um, and so uh, hard-won knowledge through trial and error, which honestly coming from the desktop support background, that's how we do everything. None of us actually know anything. It's all <laughs> trial and error. It's throwing stuff at the wall. So uh, for people these days starting out, you are wonderfully gifted with resources to learn. Uh, Atlassian has wonderful documentation. There's videos, there's trainings, there's all this stuff. I encourage you, don't follow my path of trial and error. There's even a book that's been written about it. I don't know who would have done that. <laughs> it's technically a few books, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, I'm actually reading Rachel's book right now. I'm really enjoying it. And uh, it's, as in so many things in life, you look back to your misspent youth and go, if only I had known then. <laughs> so speaking of misspent youth, uh, Rachel, tell us about a time that Jira just crashed and you had to be like, what? <laughs> well, I've crashed it many, many times. It's hard to pick just one. The favorite. Uh, <laughs> 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 sure, sure. Well, I'll tell you about one that's kind of uh, two stories in one. So I was going to do a cleanup in Jira, right? Um, I've got a very old instance with a million issues, so there's lots of opportunities to clean that up. Um, so the link types, um, so when you link another issue to an issue, you can choose the type of link, right? Relates to, depends on, um, that's the list I'm talking about. So Jira comes with like five different link types, but this company had let their list grow to 20. And I thought 20 is kind of a lot. Let's clean that up. Um, so I removed the unused ones, the outdated ones, and ones that were just plain old duplicates of the others. And Jira handled this migration perfectly for me. You know, it updated uh, the issues associated with those old types. But unbeknownst to me, this went very, very wrong. This small, seemingly easy cleanup activity. So my action of cleanup changed the updated date for a very large amount of old Jira issues that no one was looking at anymore. So there was an internal app that was using the REST API and they were using that updated date to limit the number of issues in their own application. Oh. So my change caused an increase in the scope of their queries, their queries timed out, and their app stopped functioning. And the house came down. How nice of me. That was really <laughs> polite of you. Yes. So what did you take away from that? Excellent question. Um, so it's definitely important to know what any of the apps using the REST API are doing. And that way you can consider them when you're making global changes. So you really have to vet your changes before you apply. You got you to gotta dig deep, right? Absolutely. And I have a checklist of things that I do now every time that I touch something big or make a major cleanup. Awesome. Um, are you sharing that checklist? Sure. Um, well, the first thing I do is I just manually verify the results, right? What did I actually do? Um, and I make sure that those results are tested in a test environment first. I never run anything first in production. Um, and then if I've touched any workflows, I run the integrity checker. And then next, I look at those system health tools, which are provided by a built-in plugin. And then I review the application logs for any new errors that I've caused. And then I go and I check with all the API users and also the database users to make sure their apps are still functional. 
And then finally, I set aside some time to address any issues that might have come up that I did not catch. <laughs> you got to reflect on it. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew, what about you? Do you have a favorite crash? Uh, again, favorite? Uh, this, is, this is the crash that convinced me that, uh, one, I hate working with servers, and I should not be a Jira admin. Uh, it was that extreme. And two, that I needed a different job. Uh, so this was a 25-hour upgrade. Uh, we had gotten a bit out of date. We were, we were a few versions back. Just a pin. And just, a, just a wee bit. And again, I, I like to refer to myself as an accidental server admin. I'm not somebody with formal training in this, but they couldn't find anybody else to stick with the job. So I ended up, at this point, I was running 40-something servers across Microsoft Hyper-V and VMware ESXi, uh, Windows and Linux. I was doing fleet management for 6,000 machines. I was doing all kinds of stuff. And the Elastic Tools were one small part of this at this point. So this is years after my origin story. Uh, but I, I don't know SQL. You know, as a Jira admin, and even, you know, I, I work on the uh, Atlassian certifications and help write those. And as we're writing the Jira administration certification, we're focused on the front end. But to be a good Jira admin, you really need to know this whole system, or you at least need to be part of a team where you've got other people who know this. Well, I was neither part of a team, nor did I know everything. So um, the at this point, the database had been migrated to our sort of campus-wide, you know, database server. It was running a Microsoft SQL server, so we had backup and redundancy and everything like that. Uh, but the, uh, the upgrade failed miserably. Um, something went wrong. Uh, it's one of those helpful error messages you get sometimes. Something went wrong. <laughs> and my attempts to roll things back didn't work. And so it was, you know, it's, it's one of those where you start it late at night during the downtime window. Didn't help that working at a university, uh, this downtime was being scheduled over a holiday. So if I recall correctly, this was December 23rd going into Christmas Eve. And I'm calling people at three, four in the morning to wake them up and say, I need you to revert this database. And then I'm going to try it again. And guess what? It didn't go as well the second or third time either. Um, So it was just uh, uh, from start to finish. And Things that could have resolved this, we didn't have uh, really a, a development, a staging server. We didn't have a way to test these upgrades. And this was largely due to constrained resources. There was no money for extra space or storage. There was no time allotted for testing. Uh, everything, we did it live. Uh, and we did it poorly. Um, that's, that's how it goes. Uh, it's, it's one of the things I love about working at Adaptivist is being able to learn from people who do it right, you know, and... And they know the right steps to go. And so just as Rachel was saying, you know, doing stuff on a development store where it is a, it is a copy of exactly what you have in production. So anything that's going to go wrong can go wrong there first. That's, that's an important takeaway. And the other is just having people who know stuff. Because I really think somebody who knew SQL, they probably could have looked at it and went, solved. I know exactly what to do here. I knew just a little bit. It ended up taking me three weeks of puzzling out writing SQL scripts to solve all of the different errors I was getting. I finally did end up making a development environment and writing, writing the scripts there. Uh, I think I had to run that development environment on my desktop because I couldn't get space elsewhere, but that was just, that's what you had to do. So uh, do what you got to do, but try to find people with the knowledge or be part of a team and, and always test in advance. So how do our listeners learn more about running a Jira system right the first time? Where do they find that information? 
Well, I think you look to the documentation first. And then once you've gotten everything possible out of that, you've run it all, you got it down, then you start to look for some of the strategy information, right? So now you know where to point and click, but now you need to learn what are the results of clicking there? You know, what's the long-term impact if you do it this way? Um, and then I always recommend that people study for the JIRA certification exam. Um, the study time alone is gonna be absolutely so valuable and um, even if you don't pass the test, you're going to learn so much just by doing that. Which is gratifying to hear because I, I wrote the study materials just to accomplish that goal. Um, <laughs> we really, when we were writing the certs and the study materials, and it's one of those where I wish we had had six more months to write study materials um, so we could expand it further. But we really wanted to raise the bar and, and help people be better juror administrators. We wanted to expose them to more. And there's even more I'd like to expose people to. But... Uh, my answer to your question, right? I would say, you know, reading those materials is really good working through that. As I said earlier, I'm really enjoying Rachel's book. Uh, working on those study materials for the cert exams, I think reading that book will really help people prepare for the JIRA admin exam. Uh, but beyond that, I am a big fan of trial and error, despite my misfit youth. Uh, I think getting a test server, setting it up somewhere, um, and trying different things, breaking it. Uh, I always encourage people, don't be afraid to break stuff. Don't break production. But, you know, set up VirtualBox or set up a VM on your, your local machine or something. Take a snapshot. Try something. Break it. Revert your snapshot. Try it differently. Uh, really break get again. into the guts of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always, always. Um, that's the, the best way to learn. I actually was working with a client not long ago, and they wanted to do the upgrade themselves. So we'd written out a bunch of guidance for them. And, and their first attempt, they were new JIRA admins. First attempt didn't go well, six hours. And they ended up having to roll the whole thing back, reschedule for two weeks later. But I was actually really pleased with this exercise. They did it responsibly. They had an excellent uh, rollback plan. And they learned so much. And their second attempt, flawlessly done an hour and a half. Uh, so that's the way to do it. You just, you got to learn and learning's hard. Well, guys, Let's, let's bring it in with your number one best practice and single most important tip that you'd share with our listeners. Rachel? So mine's rather simple, but very impactful. Um, I really believe that you have to have a willingness to think before you click in the JIRA admin console. So for each change I make, I think about how it's going to impact the application today and in the future. And I think if JIRA admins before me had stopped just for a second to think <laughs> what it might be like in a few years, I wouldn't be cleaning up some of the messes in my own application that I see today. You've absolutely got to think about the next guy. You're handing the baton at some point, maybe not in the foreseeable future, but someday you're going to hand it off and you want them to have a system that is not, you know, a complete rat's nest. Matthew, what about your number one tip? Yeah, so to extend on that just a little bit. Uh, my tip it goes back to a story Rachel was telling earlier. JIRA is such an integrated system uh, where changing something in one place can have a significant impact on configurations and other aspects of the system. So you really need to learn how it's all interconnected before you do anything. Uh, I was talking with one of our new consultants recently. We were talking about workflow modifications. And it was like, this seems like a minor change. But it is going to hit everything in the system. And sometimes that's okay. Like that integration can be really powerful. It can really reduce the administrative overhead, but you've got to know what you're doing. And to know that, that means you've got to know the whole system, top to bottom, soup to nuts. So 
you know, learn it all the way through, run a test system, try it. Eventually you'll learn to not make so many mistakes. Awesome. Well, all right. Thank you so much for all of you listeners out there. Thank you for joining us today. And if you have suggestions for a future episode of Adaptivist Live, please send them to learn at adaptivist.com. Visit our site at adaptivist.com slash live. And if you're looking to join an international crew of awesome Atlassian experts, visit joinadaptivist.com. European Summit is just around the corner, and we are so pumped about that. And Rachel, you'll be at Summit too, right? So what are you looking forward to most? And uh, will you be somewhere that people can find you if they want to learn more and maybe get a signature on your book? Oh, I'm so excited. This will be my fifth Summit, and I'm a huge fan of Summit. Um, So yeah, I'll be walking around. I've got a green or a brown shirt that has the slogan, Stay Out of the Jira Swamp. Awesome. And where can we get your book, The Jira Strategy Admin Workbook? It's both on Amazon and on my website, jirastrategy.com. Awesome. Thank you again so much for being on the show and sharing those stories with us, Rachel. We really appreciate it. All right. Be sure to drop by the Adaptivist booth to meet our team. And if you have an idea that you want to be on a future podcast, track us down. Let's talk about it. Thanks again to Matthew Stubblefield and Rachel Wright for joining me today. This is Adaptivist Live, and we'll see you again next time. Well, there it is.